0: Please cut the music. This is the Draft Season Podcast. It's me, Young Raz, at Polo Piffington, your host. I'm here with my partner. I love Sean 5K. I love Sean 5,000. Talk to him for a second.
1: Signing bro. It's the man. Yo, man, we got these bubble thoughts today, bro. We all here, man. You know, follow us on the socials, all that good stuff. Madden giveaway. Leave a comment. We will read it on the show. Um, Like and subscribe. Give us five stars. And... You know, man, all that good stuff. We're gonna have a lot of fun today on the bubble. Uh thoughts and spicy takes for y'all.
0: And I I would I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge our very special guest today, my boy Rios. Talk to him, Rios. Plug yourself. Let's go. Yo, yo,
2: yo, man. It's your boy Rios, man. You already know. Got hot take king. You feel me? Mr. Unpopular Opinion. You feel me? Shout out the whole fourth and thirteenth gang. You feel me? Yo. What's up, man? Yo, thank you guys for inviting me on first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? That's, I just want to get that off my chest. You know, I love what y'all doing. Yo, draft season pod, man, the best shit, man. Yo, I love the two-hour app, man. Yo, I loved it. Yo, shout out my guy, Matt, my guy, Kalu, man. Yo, y'all really covered in with quarterbacks. I, I listen. I'm kind of jealous, man, that y'all didn't invite me on to that one. You feel me? I want to get my hot takes off on these quarterbacks on the fantasy tip. We're gonna get you mm-hmm. on. We'll get you on. But but nah, it's all good. Yeah, all right, it's all good. It's all good. It's all love. It's all love. But you know, what's up, man? I'm ready to talk about this NBA bubble shit, man. So, what's hey,
0: up? we can we could jump right into it before we we get we get too serious. I mean, we're gonna start off with you know the bubble has been real staticky as of late. You know, uh, last night Giannis yeah. headbutted a white man. And that that drove that drove <laughs> <laughs> that drove Adam Silva to to open up the guest list. I guess he figured they needed some extracurricular activities in the bubble to to ease the tension. But did y'all did y'all, y'all saw that headbutt?
2: I mean, I, I was watching the game. Yeah, I saw the headbutt. Yo, I mean, it was kind of it was kind of like Giannis had to chill out on that man. But it was funny though because he did it right right in front of Mike Bohnholzer, and then Mike Bohnholzer's like, "Yo." Bro, are you fucking dead ass right now? Like he just had that look, and it, but it it was just comical, bro. But he got to he got he got to take that game. He got to take that that one game suspension <laughs> and just keep it moving. You feel me? But son, Doctor Umar was happy about that shit though. Doctor Umar, it was. I, I felt like Doctor Umar was gonna post. Son, you know what I'm saying?
1: I I really think about this often in terms of like whenever I see anything in terms of somebody has got head buddy, It always I'm like, yo, you know how upset and and livid you gotta be. To headbutt somebody, yo,
2: son. Shout out, shout out, Zidane, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> headbutted me, <laughs> yo.
2: Like, that, cause that, yo. I'm thinking about it too. Like, yo, like
1: headbutted me. That's a
2: that's shout a different Regi. type of thought process. Shout
1: out, Reggie. Yeah. But yeah, man. You know how pissed you gotta be off to to headbutt somebody, bro. Like, like Ocho Cinco, like Zinedine Zidane, oh, like oh. <laughs> like it's crazy, bro. Like it's just wild that he really headbutted that man. And I don't know, man. Like if, if Mo Wagner is getting under Giannis's uh if he getting under his his sweat like that and he, and he getting in his head like that, I don't know, man. That's not a great sign for Little stuff, and that might that might look a little petty in terms nah, of. No, nah, it's
2: true. It, it's true because like, <laughs> but handling
1: the pressure, it's just like damn, man, Mo Boga going push you to that point. Yeah, like, cause it's true because I mean, you have honestly, you you, Raz, you
2: already know it is. We 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 used to hoop on the, on a different level type shit. You know, there's irritants on the on the court, so like, you know, what I'm saying, you just got to deal with that shit and keep it moving. You feel me? But yeah, like, Giannis right. can't handle that shit in the playoffs, cause that's when like the irritants. You know, what I'm saying, like that's when like they make their mark. Like you know, what I'm saying, like that's when like a Deshaun Stevenson used to pop off. You feel me? And shit like that. That was when like. He got his shine, so like dudes like that get, you know, what I'm saying, like a rush off irritating guys like that. So, hey, Giannis got to just keep it together, man, because the Bucks. I, I'm, I, I'm not a big believer in the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, what I'm saying, I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah, that's and
0: that's fair. We and we could definitely jump into that a little later, but like you said, you know, he got to keep his cool because I mean, you're the best player allegedly in the world, so. You can't be upset with Mo Wagner. Like, you gotta it's let very that work. strange
1: beef, man. That's it's like <laughs> when we talk about strange NBA beefs, it's like that. It reminds me of like the last Mad Strange NBA beef. It was just like dog, it was like Demarcus Cousins and Myers Leonard. Like, what the hell were they doing? Beefing, and I guess maybe it wasn't that strange, man. Myers Leonard like still for the anthem. So now that I think about it outside, maybe it wasn't that strange. Boogie definitely has a good eye in terms of like
2: uh Car- content of character. Yeah, like, <laughs> I trust him, I trust him,
1: in- <laughs> <laughs> like so that might he might have been on the sun there but yeah was just, just a super strange beef so when i seen that letter i'm like what the hell i wasn't <laughs> watching the game yeah. but then i seen the video i'm just like damn, yeah, man now, i get that
0: i mean and just segueing off of that you know people standing for the for the anthem we got to jump into rios's guy bill simmons um bill simmons recently said that james harden has an array of cheap assists how do we feel about yo, that? Yo,
2: yo, <laughs> yo, First of all, first of all, Bill Simmons, man, fuck that guy, real talk, man. But, yo, <laughs> I wanted to get it off my chest. I wanted to get it off my chest. I'm sorry. Just
1: yo, off top, Jesus, yo, off the top, rope. De-
2: Jesus, bro. I mean, listen, because, uh, yo, <laughs> now nah, he deserved that. Because, yo, like, I don't get a cheap assist, man, because, yo, you have to look at the way basketball is played now today. You know what I'm saying? Basketball is a game predicated now off spacing and shooting corner threes, Right. <laughs> So because we know analytically the corner three is the e- is the easiest shot to make out of all the, out of the space in the three point line. So if you're going to exploit that, do that to the best of your ability. You know, what I'm saying I, I want to I don't want to tie it to another sport, but it's kind of like what the Patriots do with the with the with the flats of the field. You feel me? They exploit that as much as they can. And they're successful with it.
1: You know, what I'm saying J- like. That's what it is. Raz, When you heard that, when you heard that, I knew. I know it got you pissed. Bro.
2: I know, yeah, because I know. I know it got you tight as well. Yeah. Nah, I was. What was, your, what was
0: your
1: first reaction when you heard that? I, I said racism. That's the. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that,
0: <laughs> that was the first. That was the first thing I thought because it's just like that what that
1: is old Boston this? racism? Yeah. He, like,
0: he said because you know the comparison was always Luca versus Harden, and he was like, you know, Luca. He sees the game so well. His assists aren't cheap like Harden's. I'm like, there was no need for a Harden shot there. Like just say, like just just say you don't like Harden and keep it moving. I don't like. There's no, there was no reason to bring him into that, and I don't know what a cheap assist is. Like, I mean, he he All was right. a fan let's of Rondo. Get
1: into, let's get into that because that is a that is a, like I said, it might be racism, a little bit like some thinly veiled racism that we that we're like, uh looking at. But let let's dive into the cheap assistant because it's not that. It's I've been so, thinking about that. No, movie, it's too. something. It's just first of all, for a Celtics fan to say that is ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's it's ironic. Um, and is super comical. Because let's talk if you want to talk about cheap assists. Who is the poster child for cheap assists in the last decade plus? I mean Oh, hold on. I'm gonna give you guys a couple of oh, 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 Hold on, oh, hold on, oh, hold oh, on. No, oh. real chill, chill, chill. Everybody listening at home as well. We're saying, who is a poster child for cheap assists, whatever this is? Um, Bill, Bill Simmons thinks it's James Harden, but um, on three, on three, I want you guys to say at the same time, if you have anybody that you think about that you think it is, Rios, and if you have anybody that you think it is, Raz, on three, let's just say, it. cheap assist, who do you think about? One, two, three. Rayjean Rondo.
0: Ray motherfucking Rondo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a poster child for fucking cheap assists, bro, because, like, let's really talk about it, like, and and... <laughs> Because oh, I mean, man. I, listen, because it's, it's, its the first oh, basketball no. episode, and so it nah, took us, right, Hold bro. on, hold on, hold on, It took it took this. It took us seven minutes to get into Rondo slander. If get, get familiar with the brand, I got more. <laughs> we got more. <laughs> we got more of this. I got. I can do this all day. But yeah. now nah, let, let's really talk about cheap assists. What really? What really is that? Um, one thing. One thing which is funny. Um when we get into let's just think about the those Celtics teams that had uh three Hall of Famers on it Ray Ray Allen Kevin Garnett Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce um they had um that other center that looks like the blue um the Duke Blue Devils mascot um, I forget his name. Whatever, not the point. But yeah. yeah, man, he got in terms of what his job was as the the head initiator of that that's that offense. He was pounding the ball a lot oh, into the oh, ground. Oh, as yeah. you would have your off your off ball motions that would be that would be set in terms of Ray Allen coming off coming off, off screens, spin downs, right pin downs, um <clears throat> uh Paul Pierce um, in the mid Slips post
2: coming off coming off, and, and, off and the, all the, the way high Paul post. Pe- right,
1: Paul Pierce. Somebody has an array of ways that he can score. Um, and then obviously Kevin Garnett. Whenever I think about those Celtics teams, that sixteen to eighteen foot was jumper money. money. And, and his, also his too, career.
2: and also too, people will forget KG was also in. Like I, I believe the most underrated part of his game was his passing as well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, that definitely. was something that. Hold mean. on, but that's that, that's not even that's right. not even in terms of like cheap assisting. So it's just like, so yeah. When I think about cheap assists, it's like those are those are more cheap assists because it's 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 a product of. And that's not to say sometimes you need a you need a. And I'm not taking it away from him in terms of what he's doing, but when you really break it down in terms of dribbling the air out of the ball, no, he was the the team environment gave him a lot of assists. James Harden is the team environment. Right. right. <laughs> like that's the difference in terms of when we say about cheap assists. No, Harden plays a really when when we talk about guys that play at their own pace, it's it's interesting. Even somebody like Luca and and even Guys who have that slow gene that look like they're they're never being rushed. Harden takes playing at his own pace. He takes that shit to a level that no one has ever done before. Literally, if you look at the pace stats, he's all the way at the bottom in terms of how low he actually is in terms of his efficiency, in terms of the ball does I mean, the ball sticking with him. But he's such a good offensive player that works for him, even if that's not your offensive right. philosophy that you believe in. We people people like take these shots at Harden, like you said. And like he's just such a ridiculous offensive weapon, and may that be that may cap how good of a team you can be um, when somebody is that isolation heavy, which is the point that they're getting into. But just to say that oh, Harden is cheaper. Says nah, man, Harden is actually a, a, a ridiculous passer, passer in terms of what he can do, making every making making every pass, hitting guys uh, cross cross cor- um, cross court passes in their shooting and even, pocket and things like that. Harden is a is a wizard and even off the dribble. And even
2: too, like on a basketball scheme perspective, we know Dan Tony and that team does they don't run a lot of sets, but Harden's ability to be able to hit the second and third option, most underrated part about his passing as well. You know what I'm saying? And because the fact that guys, guys like Ben Ben Mclemore and like, you know, Jeff Green are able to flourish this season, you know what I'm saying? It's because Harden's ability to hit the third option on the pass. You know what I'm saying? Because when you space the floor with when you have, that's why Westbrook too, even Westbrook is flourishing with Dan Tony as well. This is the best version of Westbrook I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not really, I'm not really a big Westbrook guy either. You know what I'm saying? But this, this version of Westbrook too, along with Harden, you know what I'm saying? It meshes well because Dan Tony understands the spacing of uh, the spacing rules of basketball now, because th- this is what he did with the six seconds, uh, six seconds uh, less seven with seconds, the Suns, seconds, right? Seven, seven seconds. seconds. I'm sorry. With, uh, with the Suns. So, it's kind of, you know, a parallel with it, but it's with a, a, a new twist. You feel me? Yeah, I mean, and just to just yeah, my
0: cheaper opinion, like, yeah, like, there's no cheap assist there. I think he, like you said, he is the offense. I mean, in the seasons that he's, he's put it up, these are like some of the greatest offensive seasons that we've seen ever. So, you know, a player like him where you have to guard him because he's going to get 40 if you don't. He's going to get 30 if you do like it's it doesn't really matter but his uh, his willingness to pass i think is what separates him from a lot of these scores because he will diamond if people are open
1: this is like, and this is more of a this is more of just a modern offensive like philosophy in terms of when you really break it down to assist it's a really dumb way of thinking about the game of basketball that, that particular shot that he's taking the hardens game because what it is that makes Harden so if, and, and when we get into talking about draft prospects and, and, and young point guards and young guards and what skills they need to get um, to really succeed, which is funny because you have two of the best offensive guards in this generation, um, Steph Curry, James Harden. Those guys are the standard to which we compare other guys to. And that's a ridiculous standard to compare anybody to because those guys are such outliers in terms of skill and how great of basketball players they become. So it's super tough to even look at anybody like that. But even touched upon the Harden thing, he creates for others by creating for himself. Right. When he's giving you these that ridiculous um, twelve dribble, uh, dribble, dribble dribble, <laughs> dribble, 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 yeah, man, like the whole the entire the entire defense is 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 locked in on right. Harden doing that right now, and all of that actually opens up the, the court for his teammates. So it's just like. You can look at it as as cheap assists, but Harden and Harden is a you know you he's know what a it is? genius in terms of what he's doing. Even if you don't like Harden, and he's not my favorite player to watch, but just in terms of what he does, is, it's it's insane. Right, you know you know what it, you know what it possibly is. I
2: think it's just the yin yang effect with uh with Nash and and with Nash and Harden. You know, what I'm saying Nash. It was more of a free flowing offense. You know, what I'm saying high pick and rolls coming off pin downs. Nash can Nash can probe off the pick and roll with Amari, and then he can hit the third guy off the driving kick. Or he can lay it up himself. Whereas Harden is such a gifted scorer and an awesome, probably one of the best isolation scorers we've ever seen in our in our in our lifetime. That that's such an added nuance to his game
1: that he has to embrace it and like it changed everything. You know what I'm saying? So Raz, what else? What else do we have here in terms of what's caught your eye right. um, during the bubble and? What what have been what players have been most impressive for you? And even before we do get into that, one of the one of the things that I do say in terms of like just judging the quality of basketball that we've gotten in the past two to three weeks, it's been super high. And I didn't think it would be such great basketball from uh, the jump. And I thought dudes would be out of shape and they wouldn't necessarily be uh, clicking on all cylinders. But we've gotten a lot of great basketball that's come down to the wire, close games, to where um, we're seeing guys in, in. in, in situations that are going to mirror what we're going to see uh, once the playoffs do begin. So again, back to the question. So Raz, who else has caught your eye in terms of um, just showing out and, and put them some respect on their name in the bubble right now?
0: I think um, Michael Porter Jr. is somebody that really, really comes to mind just because um, what it means for his team. Um, the Nuggets are a team that kind of floats around in contention at this point, but they always were missing that one bucket that they needed they needed a player that they could throw the ball to and go get a bucket. Obviously Jokic is a great offensive weapon, but Jokic is Jokic at his best. Jokic at his best, he's you know 22 10, and seven. You know, you don't want him trying to go get 40. So now that he has somebody where these dimes can go to and you can go get me a bucket. Like go get me an ISO bucket right now with Michael Porter Jr. I think that works for the Nuggets in a way that a lot of these other breakout players doesn't. I think he's like the missing piece that they needed. They needed an actual number two. And I think if Jamal Murray can accept that he is now number three, this team can be a very scary team in the playoffs. So I will, I will say Michael Porter Jr. Um, being who we thought he was before the back surgery is kind of the biggest observation I've made.
1: So yeah, definitely. Before before um, we get your thoughts on and Magg Porter Jr. Rios. Um, yeah, in, in Denver's last three games, Porter he been on a tear. Man, he he recorded a career high thirty seven points um against OKC on Mon- uh, last Monday, um and then he came back a couple days later put up thirty and fifteen. Right. Um, those are some crazy numbers. So w- in terms of just he became the first Nuggets rookie, um in history. They've had some pretty good scorers. Um. Yeah. Alex English, you know, that Carmelo Anthony guy 19. put up some pretty buckets. He put up a lot of buckets as a rookie um, in a Denver yeah. uniform. And MPJ became the first rookie in Denver history uh, to have consecutive games of 30 and 10. Um, completely, completely insane. Um, and he also recorded the most points by Nuggets rookie in a, in a, in a two-game span. So one one more, one more thing in terms of before I um, set you up, Rios. Whose game, and in, in, uh, let's talk about what makes Michael Porter Jr., special as a as a player and and like you did say Raz this was just his his reintroduction to the world and him telling this isn't really like right you know we love we love playing the I told you so game and it's just like dog you didn't need binoculars to Um, to know to see what that kid could do on a on a on a court so definitely uh Rios what do you think about Michael Porter Jr's game what do you think makes him special and if you had to throw a stylistic comp which a loose stylistic comp of what his game mirrors who would you compare it to Okay. Please don't say Katie.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not gonna say Kevin Durant. I, I won't say Kevin Durant. I really won't say Kevin Durant because that—that's the trend now. Like the whole long guard situation. Like, oh, Kevin Durant, but no. His rebounding ability is something that, like, I truly, truly love. Like to, the way that he gets after it, especially on the on the on the on the, on the offensive boards too, because. Yo, I believe in the 13-15 uh, game, I believe he had like six offensive rebounds right in that game, I believe, or something like that. So that's a that's a, that's a pretty high offensive rebounding clip, you know what I'm saying, just off a stat sheet standpoint, yep, you know? Yep. And plus his ability to shoot the ball, you know what I'm saying? And he can guard multiple positions too. That is also an underrated thing. And He's a legit 6'10". <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, so I skies the limit for Michael Porter Jr. He reminds me, honestly, of, yo, like Paul George a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like he could be like... I mean, all right. Like Paul George is an all-world defender. I'd say. He,
1: I, I don't like the Paul George comp. He's I mean, go there just because I, I, I do think in terms of where Paul George has gotten as a ball handler, he's not no, I as mean, silky, I see But that, that's what it is, and I, I don't see he's not going to be that. No, level he's not. No, I mean, he's not going to be. George. So my, my comp for for MPJ that I've been, it's been in my head in terms of how he uses his length, and the thing about MPJ, not uh, I mean, Rudy Gay though. Rudy Gay is who Michael Porter Junior.
2: Ooh, that's actually not like, that bad. NBA Two K Rudy Gay. That's like, just that's just in you. terms of
1: like a, a pure weapon, a pure monster, and I think he has better instincts on offense than Rudy Gay ever had, to be honest. And right. so, so that's Rudy, that's the that's the, other thing. That's the other thing. So let's let's, let's uh right before I bring you back in here, um yeah man. So MPJ man, the, the kid is super impressive. And one thing, it's funny for his his brain. Outside of the court, he gets himself in hot water for for <laughs> all of the wild things. All, all the shit. Yeah. So that that's <laughs> that's crazy on its own. Um, but him act him as a player on the court, he actually has super good instincts as a player, which is something that you need to give him credit for because that's how that's why his chemistry with with Jokic is just clicking at a ridiculous pace. He knows how to time his cuts, he knows um the proper angles to attack defenders um, that are at standstill um, off the ball in in those type of circumstances. And it's just that just comes into why Jokic is such a special talent, because it yeah. allows him to be his best self and not actually, you know, have too much pressure on his on his on his, I guess, surgically repaired back, you know, yeah. uh, that that's what I mean, man. So I think, I think for
0: like just a comparison on my part, what I see is like a taller, rebounding Joe Johnson, and I think like just his ability to get his shot off whenever he wants. You know, I like obviously I don't think he has the handle or the passing ability of a, of a Joe Johnson, but I just think the way he gets his shots
1: reminds me of Joe. Um, I, I would I would compare that in terms of like mechanics. Mechanics is is something that like you do have to think about in terms of uh, probably one of the most underrated parts of like when we debate or we analyze who are the best shooters. Mechanics definitely play a part in terms of what allows these guys to get in there. And MPJ got silky smooth mechanics on the jump shot. That is something that I do think he can compare in terms to, to Joe Johnson to where he can come off that screen and just immediately rise up and, and it's in your mouth. And and so, yeah, man, that's, that's definitely, man, MPJ, M- MPJ is probably close to untouchable at this point. You probably can't see him in any trade talks. Oh, no shot. Just for what, um, his options could be, and you said he's the third. No, um, I, I think the second it, option right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So you said more got to understand he's the third option. Yeah. I, 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 in terms of the hierarchy, that might take some time. But if we're just talking what's important for Denver to ups, uh maximize upside in the future, yeah, man, that 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 that'll be on on MPJ um so rios uh i will present the same question to you who what's another team or or player that has definitely stood out to you um that's that's been balling and has uh is stock up during the bubble right now but never yet yo i'm
2: really fucking with gary Trent, man yo he's been playing that's a great that's a great awesome in the bubble yeah, and like now now listen this gives portland some leverage because gary Trent can play defense he can guard. He can guard two guards very well, and he can guard a wing guy very well. So listen, God forbid CJ goes next season. I think they're honestly better off with
1: Gary Trent. All right, I'm not. I'm not even gonna like. I'm gonna avoid that point, point, because because I do think we, we spoke about this. So I, I don't agree with that. But I do think if Portland was gonna trade CJ, they probably would've done it by now. So I think, right, no, no, I think, no, I think I, that,
2: that would have happened by now too. But so, so I'm saying, I, but I, yeah, think, hold on,
1: I, I don't even want to get bogged out on that.
2: So, no, I won't, I won't. I won't. But I'm just saying in terms of his ability to shoot the ball. You feel me? Like his ability. No, but
1: Gary, Gary Trent has been, and I, I do think he's been amazing. And he definitely some he's somebody who started playing a little better, uh, pre COVID breakout breakout um, or set down um, for her entire league. But, um, one thing I do believe just in terms of draft philosophy, philosophy that, uh, Neil O'Shea, uh, VP basketball operations in Portland and something that Denver has done as well. Um, which is drafting for upside and and drafting you know for somebody who might be able to give you that home run upside so that's the other thing a lot of people were scared away uh, by Michael Porter jr and even with Bo Bo just being like a such a freak and something that we've barely ever seen before you know they're getting credit for taking these shots and and even, um, Gary Trent, somebody who took some time to develop and something Portland, their philosophy has been to take the highest upside player in the draft that we can find guys like Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, um, all these type of players, uh, Gary Trent, guys um, who might take a year or two when they get drafted, but actually have potential to be really good players. And they don't expect their young players to contribute early. So it's like, sometimes you have to understand what for young player. Sometimes you got to take this out as they take their lumps, um, day to day. But yeah, man, no, Gary, Gary Trent's definitely been, um, super fire. Raz, who else you got in terms of, uh, bubble takes and, and people stood out to you in terms of balling out the bubble right now?
0: I mean, obviously the, the, the elephant in the room is, well, was before his running with Jimmy Butler, uh, was TJ Michael Jordan Warren, who is now returned back to TJ Warren, but, uh, he's been playing out of his mind, obviously the last couple of games, um, a bubble he's averaging the same amount as James Harden. I think um we would have been a bad podcast if we didn't mention at least him getting these these points in points out here. So um I mean how y'all feeling about TJ Warren?
1: So yeah man I I've been I've been thinking about this a lot and like I said I mentioned it earlier. We all do it. I love doing it because I do like packing myself on the back when I can target these young guys and and could say, yeah, this guy has some a skill set that's gonna have a successful NBA career. And a lot of people who if you watch T D Warren when he was in college, and fundamentally TD Warren as a as a player has not changed too much since NC State. He's still he's gotten a little better as a defender. Um and he he added the jump shot. Um but just as a scorer, he's had everything in his repertoire in terms of hook shots, uh, mid-range, scoring around the basket, Uh, runners just has a ridiculous touch um, in the, in the post game. So in the, in the mid range. So I think my, my number one TJ Warren take right now, and to go back to the, I told you so game, it's not about the, I told you so game. It's about there's this segment of analysts and, and people on NBA Twitter and these people who, who talk about the the game, uh, all these journalists and the nerds. It's not that, we need to find out, oh, T.J. Warren's awesome. It's a, it's the lack of appreciation for the skill set. That's why when I watch T.J. Warren, it's like, dude, that guy can get a bucket from anywhere on the court. And yes, I know he's never going to be the greatest defender. He's not going to shoot 50, 50 to 60% on three-pointers. That's just not something that's reliable or, or, or that's sustainable in any possible way. But the dude is an absolute bucket, and he's always been like that. So that that's just something to where, like, if you appreciate the skill set, TJ Warren breaking out and like, yes, he was he lost his damn mind in the bubble, but fundamentally, this is what he does, and this is what he's been doing for the last couple years. He scored 19 points, uh, in the in the last two years, and now he's got a jump shot to go with it. So, yeah, man, reals what have you what have you thought about TJ Warren?
2: Yo, TJ Warren has. I mean, this is not shocking to me because TJ Warren has always been a walking bucket, like you've said, you know what I'm saying? But like his ability to now knock down a consistent a, a jumper on a consistent basis that just put him over the top as a fucking you know as an all world score. You know what I mean? Because yo, he average. I mean, to average, I believe close to what fifteen points per game in his career, right? I believe he averages close to fifteen points per game in his career. I believe he averages around that. So you, nah, he- like I said, he averaged nineteen in two years prior. To right. So you have there. There is a level of consistency there to average fifteen points per game in the NBA. So the fact that he's able to do that. Yo, I'm not surprised that he's scoring like this. Like no one really should be. I mean, but only like, I mean, but then again, NBA Twitter is just a whole cesspool of bullshit. So definitely,
1: Raz. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, Raz. What definitely. else are you trying to touch on?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now for a fact, um, the best part of the bubble that we've yet to see is the playing game. I mean, and this is something that's exciting me because obviously the NBA has never had anything like this. Um, I don't think any sport other than college. College basketball has had anything like this. I guess you can count the wild card, um, like,
2: the, like the like the last four.
0: Yeah, you know the the I think it's the first four. It's the first mm-hmm. four in NCAA. Yeah, but in the first four. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the first four. But like um, we've never seen anything like this. So I I'm saying, who do you guys think ends up getting the AFC? I
1: think I think hey man, at this point, and I'll, I'll use this to to parlay into let's talk about the the number one story right now. The Suns, man. Probably, probably should have left with you know, the Suns. We yeah. with that. Yeah. We probably should have left with the Suns, but you know that's probably it's probably been one of my favorite stories, uh, just to watch. Um, Devin Booker's maturation as a player, uh, has been something. One thing that I don't think, because yeah, and we talk about a lot of people who might have said it's it's dumb to me to just say yeah, twenty three year old kid who has shown us he's a bucket. Yeah, let's just. Let's just write him off as an empty calorie scorer for the rest of his career, even though he hasn't played on anything of of an actual functional NBA roster, which is what he's doing for the first time now. So, yeah, man, the Suns have just been a ridiculous story. Um, But, Raz, what's what's been the number one uh, takeaway that you have from the Suns right now?
0: I mean, the Suns, um, I think it's just the secondary and tertiary players that they have that are now playing – up to par. Not they're not playing obviously like Devin Booker, but they're giving him a supporting cast that's worth talking about. You have players like Javon Carter, who on the defensive end is out of control. And if you remember him from his West Virginia days, he he's locked up and he can and he can run an offense. Um, I think Aiton obviously is just another year in the league and he's still getting boards and putting up buckets. So you know he has a second player, but I think the addition of Ricky Rubio and giving somebody uh, giving the Suns a point guard that can run their offense and it's not all of the playmaking uh, responsibilities are on Devin Booker and it just allows that's, him. In,
1: yeah, that's what happened last year in terms of a, his struggles, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and you allow him to free up and just be Devin Booker and go get these buckets and we can handle everything else. I think that works. And then obviously I would be remiss if I don't talk about my man's Cameron Payne playing out of his mind in the bubble back from the dead so <laughs> so he's back from the dead and he's giving them a little spark off the bench as well in the bubble so i mean it's the bubble's crazy because you have players that are revitalizing their careers people that are
2: showing up
1: it's definitely um, been it, yeah. just yeah. watching young players yeah. has been one of the best aspects of it so real who's really set out to you on the sun so far yo mikhail bridges man my guy yo. yeah you took you took my guy i'm sorry mention, I'm, but nah tee it up man go ahead no nah, i mean i mean yo look we can we can we could we we piggyback on shout out so to the J wright yeah. system
2: yeah for real yo you know shout out yo honestly the the Villanova guys in general man have impressed me throughout the bubble Dante DiVincenzo and Mikhail Bridges man for real real talk I mean the fact that they're able to now like defend in like this when I mean defend defending the new modern era NBA which is switch and hedge hard on guards and bigs and and, and switch quickly and, and you know what I'm saying do stuff like that they're able to do that I feel like at an earlier at an earlier point because villanova you know how their system is all five guards so yeah let so it's 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 the whole three point whole, Let's whole really shot yeah thing. so let's
1: let's really like dive into it because when we talk about uh when we when we talk about uh the actual system right now for for the Suns, they're starting to put together a culture um and and that takes a that's takes a complete roster to have um even devin booker man you he, Yo. he wasn't he wasn't one of those guys where like this is this is a Wiggins problem that that he has when when you're watching him in terms of like, yo, you can tell he's content with just like getting his 20 and and um that's that's enough for me, man. You know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go chill after the game. I got my max contract. Devin Booker always look irked and pissed off that the team was trash. So like that's funny because they put this label on him, but like you can tell, like yo, Devin Devin Booker got an edge to him in terms of like, yo, he's gonna get after it, and like he he thinks he's like and he he has the Offensive skill set to where he he knows how to get to all of his spots whenever he has the ball in the hands, which just makes him such a dangerous. But yeah, man, not nah, Mikael Bridges, dog, probably somebody who, uh, and and I'm I'm just so glad that he's getting this love that he has because I do think in terms of he was one of the even pre bubble he was probably one of the more underrated NBA players this season as a as a three and D defender. So yeah, man, the the Suns have a pretty interesting. Team coming up, uh, even when you think about like Uber, uh, on top of um Uber, who's been hurt going forward, though. I'm just I happy, mean, yeah. Um, but Uber on top of uh Bridges, who might be one of the best 3D guys in the league. Um, Ricky Rubio, somebody who can always function in in the, in the actual team sense. Uh, when you have talent around him, um, even somebody who um Cam, uh, the other Cam, Cam you right, yeah,
2: yeah, the guy the, from the North Carolina, the other Cam, Cam yeah, Johnson,
0: the Cam the Cam Cam Johnson. Who,
1: who got shitted on a little bit when it took him for um reaching a little bit he he's had a really solid year in terms of he can he can like shoot it and he's been he's been passable to a capable defender um in terms of just like being a body that can uh that can harass other guys so yeah man the, the Suns have been such a big story um the next big oh go ahead go ahead no yeah no i was gonna try and get us back um to,
0: to the question, I mean, realistically, we don't see. I can. I'll,
1: I'll, to the Blazers, to Blazers.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see us. You know, thinking the Grizzlies are going to make it, so we'll we'll x them out because they're fading very fast. They but um between the three teams right now, we have the Spurs, the Suns, and the Blazers. Who makes it to the eighth seed there?
2: Uh, hmm.
0: Because for I all the, one, I got I got the Blazers. You got the Blazers, Sean. You, uh, whew,
1: man, that's that's tough. That's tough. I, honestly, between the Blazers and uh, and I'm a cop out and say between the Blazers and the Suns, I'll be glad to see either of them get in because both of them are scorching. And yeah, the Sun. I I don't like the the Lakers aren't playing at their best right now. Um, in terms of how we've seen the early bubble returns, and I'm not I'm not saying that the Suns are going to. Uh, upset the the Lakers, but it's not gonna be a hey, can't, you yeah it's not gonna be a you can't sleepwalk through that series either or or um matchup wise they're gonna have some guys who actually like um won't be too bad in terms of matching up with the Lakers so but yeah man that, that's my cop out answer in terms of, I think one of them I would love to see either of those teams sneak to the playoffs.
0: Yeah I mean I, I'll have to put my money on the Blazers, just because Dame's a sickle
1: at this point, so I don't think that I don't we like to. We need to. Oh, see, so he, yeah, he's sick, bro. But we we need an extension. We got agendas to push, and people yeah. owe us apologies for my guy Carmelo. So, Raz, we're gonna have our this is <sighs> these, these, next, these next five to ten minutes. We are are dedicated to the future Hall of Famer Carmelo Anthony. So please, Raz, take t- take it away and okay. Let's hold please on, hold on. me the the legend and let us get off about how great Bubble Mellow has been.
0: Okay, well, let me start with you. Not you. I am am i don't want everybody to think I'm addressing you because you were with me. But I, I did. I, everyone else, they told me my guy was dead. They told me he was dead. They told me the bully ball was dead. They told me bully season strawberry. was dead. They yeah. told me he was supposed to go to China. They told me to work on his marriage. They told, me, they told me to go to Big Three. They told him to hang it up. I want y'all to apologize. Not just to me, not how to, to Sean. Home. Come on. Nah, come on, man. Stay mellow. Double-O mellow. Skinny mellow. Hoodie mellow. Olympic mellow. We back. Mellow is contributing to winning basketball. He's oh, still a bucket. Oh, God, the floor. And yet, he's still, yes, he's playing defense. He's still, he's still a bucket. If y'all didn't rob him of a season and a half, he would have been top 10 in scoring right this, right this minute. He's a top 10 scorer of all time. We've never seen nothing like it. He's a bucket. And that's just from, that's just a passion project for me. That's passion pain that I'm yelling because they told me Mello was dead. They told me he was washed. They ran him out of New York and then the Rockets did him dirty.
1: Yo, and it's so wild. Even even talking about Mello bro, because it was it was a sabotage of sorts, what happened last year. And he just, mellow just got all the blame. And it's not even to say nobody, I wasn't saying Mello was still had, like he was still prime mellow. He obviously, he's obviously older at this point. Also, LeBron, yo, you really picked Jared Dully over over Melo, which looks crazy now, cause yo, I, I'm sorry. And Jared Dully, yo, he had a gr- great veter- veteran mentorship. Nah, dog, Lakers need all the firepower that they can get. And as we're seeing right now, Melo has a little more in the in the actual tank that he could have been playing besides besides LeBron, which he probably should have at this point. But yeah, not nah, going going back into how Melo got sabotaged last year. Let's just. Let's just let's just talk about let's just talk about in terms of what happened in Houston. Yo, it was, I believe, 14 games. Um, Melo had he was probably decent in half of those, half of those games. And when we actually when we actually go down to what happened, Chris Paul was suspended after the fight uh with LA last year. So he missed a couple games. Harder missed a couple games, he wasn't in great shape to start the season. The team played bad, and Melo was the one that got blamed for it. It was like, Oh yeah, he's wise, let's get him out of here. That's not how they wanted to play, and then they shipped him out of here. But yeah, man, respect Melo. Glad to see my guy back to balling. The bully is back. The bully is on the loose. Um, he should have went to Portland a few years ago. You know, um, Carmelo forever. Who cool last dude when I met him? Melo forever. Raz, what else we on, bro? I mean, we not we not even gonna get real thoughts on that because he's a hater and we don't. Yeah, be, yeah, no. Nah, we yeah, not even you gonna might cut, cut his we're fucking on, mic. No, no, nah, not real. We moving on. We cut, cut his, on. his fucking mic. We are the Melo delegation.
2: Yeah, you guys have to take this out. All right,
1: just moving forward.
2: I just want to say, listen, on with the mellow shit real quick. Now, nah, now, nah, real nah, talk. We not. I'm not. No no, we're no, 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 on
1: this negativity
2: right now. We no, I'm not going on to negative. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Moving on. Moving I on. Shout out, mellow. Hold that thought,
0: real. Nah, we podcast. don't even want to hit. We don't. Yeah, slandering. Cut, 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 no, cut R-Raz. your R-Raz. your mic no, is no. cut. Um.
1: Nah, We're not trying to hit that bullshit no more.
0: Mellow is <laughs> back. We're not trying to hit that bullshit, bro. Yeah, nah, but um, just looking at the standings how they are right now. The East is set uh, one through eight. Obviously, we still have the plane for the Western Conference. But just looking at the standards as they are now, what playoff matchups really intrigue you? all Like what what playoff matchups are you bringing your popcorn for in the first round? Because, you know, sometimes the first round is um, is pretty trash for the most part. Um, but I think this year we have a lot of uh, parity especially in the all west right. the western conference and i think shit even the eastern conference because everybody thinks the bucks are this juggernaut i, I, I i'm skeptical i don't think them. they are
2: i don't think the bucks are a juggernaut
0: yeah so i mean um yeah open the floor up to y'all what what matchup give me a matchup from the eastern conference give me a matchup from the western conference that y'all think is going to be the best first round matchup
2: all right. See the West or you go to- I'll t- I'll I'll do Western Conference. I, give me honestly, I would love to see the Clippers-Mavericks series, man. That's first, be round? First, first round, first round. Yeah, that's that that's gonna be an interesting series. I would love because I want to see how this is gonna be Kawhi's true. I mean, not, nah, not his nah. real is true Luka's, test. It's is Luca's
1: first. It's It's Luca's first round at, test in, in the in playoffs.
2: The, you know what I'm saying? So I want to see how Luca is in the playoffs. I want to see how KP. I, is I expect Luca
1: to show his ass in the playoffs. I don't. I don't understand. Or, and I just expect him to, to do his thing, um, right on on all of this stuff. So, uh, my, my matchup from the Eastern Conference right now, I would probably say is the most interesting for um, that first round. Yo, man, Celtics, Celtics 76ers first round matchup is, is a pretty interesting series. Now, yo, let's just say this one because, oh my god, I, Rios, do you find for, out of out of all of the out of all of the um good teams in the league, the Sixers are probably the hardest team for me to watch. And do you do you enjoy watching that team? I
2: really don't. And I was and like I really don't. And because here's why: like Joel Embiid, man, he he is such a basketball anomaly, dog. Like the guy can sc- yo in the low post. You know, what I'm saying like his ability in the low post, is his ability to score in that in that inside in the inside the two point area is. Amazing, but I just don't. I have an issue on how and where he posts up, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, yeah, that aesthetically, MB's game isn't my favorite to watch, right? Out it's of, not, man, it's like, not. especially like the holy trinity of those, like the top, those, the best offensive guard. I mean, centers, like we're talking between him, Cat, and Jokic. Um, you know, I enjoy watching Jokic and Cat more than right. MB, you know, that's just my personal preference. Um, but you know, um. Talking about the Sixers versus Celtics' first-round possible uh, matchup, you know, the Sixers are in some trouble right now. Uh, ben Simmons is hurt. Um, they still have some of the, you know, just offensive fit issues that, that they're struggling with at the time. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on that possible matchup, Raz?
0: I mean, the Celtics, Celtics in five, realistically. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. I do I, Celtics, they're, Celtics they're, in five, because Embiid will probably get them a game with with a little of Tobias Harris help but I don't see I don't see how they hang with the Celtics I mean the Celtics are very talented I do think the Celtics are overrated but I think they're a much better team than the sixers right now and if you know if we get not first bubble game Tatum but you get the the rest of the bubble Tatum with Jalen Brown as after you know
1: he got his haircut Tatum
0: yeah after yeah post haircut Tatum and you know, Jalen Brown playing like he's playing right power, now. The,
1: the power of the of the haircut on the black man knows no bounds. No, nah, it, just, not, it just, does not. It does not. It's never testament.
0: Yeah, and I I do think I do think the Celtics really get them out of there just because you know <laughs> tight
1: <laughs> because no, you're gonna no, throw no, I'm dying, bro. Because yo, post posting pre and post haircuts uh, analytics is the type of content I'm here for.
0: Yeah, <laughs> now nah, we, we might have to do we might have to do something like that, you know. Um, but yeah, and I, I I think a matchup. <laughs> Just if, if we're if we're staying if we're staying on the east on the east coast, the eastern conference, the matchup obviously I want to see for about six games because I think that only gonna go six, but it's probably the best matchup is 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 uh the Heat versus the Pacers. Okay. Um, I wish the Pacers still had Sabonis, which would have made this a way better series. I think that goes seven with Sabonis because Miles Turner stinks. Uh I know that might be a hot take here, but I'm I'm not a fan of him. But um you know, to watch oh, to Miles watch
1: Turner? Miles Turner slender.
0: Yeah, Miles Turner slender. What we doing
1: here? He no. stinks,
0: Raz. He stinks. man. He stinks.
1: Hey man, Bam
0: gonna That's dunk him true. through the, yeah. the rim.
1: It's fun. Fu- i, I... <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to go there right now or or send a shot at Mitchell Robinson. So I'm I'm not gonna go there. But shot, I I think I think Miles Turner a little underrated. I I think he's part of the reason why they're still playing well in in Sabonis's absence. You know, like in terms of like he's not in one of my one of my dream destinations in terms of like I would love to see a front court of Cat and and Miles Turner just in terms of like well what, what they could both do. Miles um, Turner, Miles Turner is one of the best perimeter perimeter defending uh, defensive big men in the league. He does a lot of the same stuff in terms of mobility and being able to uh, get low and and stay with uh, guards. As a big man, and he does a lot of the same stuff that Rudy Gobert does, um, not to 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 much to a much lesser uh fanfare, um. So I, I and and he and he shoots a three. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, listen,
0: he's a, he is a three, but, but that's I, that's my I said I said it was a hot take for sure. I, he, I'm just I'm just not a fan, obviously. Like, nah, I, feel you, I feel you.
1: I feel um, you. feel We're not gonna get we're not gonna get bogged down. Yeah,
0: that. but I do think the Heat. I think the Heat will dispatch them in six. Um. It might be five, depending on what Jimmy Butler shows up. If Jimmy Butler's not shooting jump shots, uh, the Heat winning in five. If he's shooting let's, jump shots, it's gonna be six.
1: As we we we're about forty five minutes in, and let's try and wrap up within like the next ten minutes. We gave you guys a lot of content yesterday, mm-hmm. so um, we'll continue to give you a lot of stuff. But just to just to um put a cap on the show, sort of um, let's just discuss the hierarchy in in both conferences, just in terms of uh, um, after we move past uh the playing games and. Uh, those first round matchups in terms of who do you guys see being um the, how the final four teams will match up um and who can make it out of each conference. Raz, let's start with you. Final four in each
0: conference or
1: just how do you and how do you think these teams uh, match up um Styles make fight as we all know so yeah it's gonna depend on uh which team you're gonna go against. So how do you see the the final contenders on both sides?
0: Final contenders on both sides. I guess for the Eastern Conference, I would love to see a matchup of the Raptors and the Bucks, but I do think the Heat can play the, the Bucks really tough. So I will I'm gonna go Raptors Heat for the Eastern Conference Finals. Um I think the Raptors are just way too deep. Um, I think that's gonna be a good defensive matchup with both of those teams play a lot of defense, but I do think uh the, the Raptors will edge them out. I think it will go seven. Um, and I think the Raptors end up coming out of the East. I uh, will look at the West. Now the West is where
1: Let's say let's the let's save the West to, let's to save the West. The, uh, okay. Rios. How do you how do you see the the um the the, the real contenders in the East, the real beaters in the East?
2: Okay. <laughs> Honestly, yo, um, I got Milwaukee Boston. You know what I'm saying that 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 could be that could be that could be something. Or or maybe or honestly no. Toronto. I think I think Toronto I think Toronto I think is gonna be one two because the East is just so top heavy, you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of like the way the t- the style the style of play because Toronto has great guard defense, you know what I'm saying? You have Kyle Lowry and you have Ferran Vleet and then you have the ascension and you just have a you have the ascension of Siakam the whole, and you the have whole, a,
1: the whole roster. the whole roster and you, have, like, and you have and you have a plethora like Norman, of
2: wing players Norm, that can Norm, throw, yeah, Norman yeah, Powell gross. you have a OG you have a plethora of wing players that you could just throw bodies at at Giannis and even if they get to the finals at Le, at, at possibly LeBron or Kawhiers or one of those guys so I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins this thing again personally but yeah, I, I think I think I think it's going to be Toronto Milwaukee I think but I think uh Toronto will get to the finals.
1: I, I yo, it's crazy because the, the Raptors are just such a fun team to watch. They're one of the most aesthetically pleasing teams to watch on that in not night basis. Like, shout out to Nick Nurse. The guy's uh he, he's best a, coach
2: in the NBA, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, he got jerked I'm on that, that coach of the year stuff, um, from coaches or however that was. But yeah, man, nah, so the, the Raptors are just so much fun. Um one Raptors point that I did wanna touch upon. Um, somebody who I did see take a, a a a leap in the bubble. Um Somebody who is still showing oozing oozing potential, and possibly he he's one of the most important, you know, swing swing players on the Raptors in terms of what he can do, um, and how they'll match up. And I'm talking about OG and Anobi. Um, somebody who he he tore his ACL his, his his freshman year, um, pre pre draft during the during the his college is one and done year at Indiana. Uh, Yeah, but he's somebody who was just a defensive specimen, somebody who had raw tools and the instincts um, on that side, somebody who his defense was much further ahead of his game than his offense when he came to the league. But now he's starting to show some flashes and, and, and showing some skill um showing some some wing creation and starting to get into some more one dribble pull ups and and even the jump shots like looking a little more confident. And even going forward, we haven't spoke about Siakam and Siakam's upside is part of the reason why this oh, team man. hasn't right. hasn't missed a beat at all right now um on on that team. So yeah it'll be interesting to see because I do think they match up well with all the teams they're gonna have to face in the East. Um the Boston matchup is going to be um, a matchup of width between um, Brad Stevens and, and Nick nurse, which is like kind of like a basketball nerd's dream. Um, a lot of those like pocket protector guys on Twitter. that's said, that's, that's like a wet that's, dream yeah, matchup yeah. for them. Um, just to watch those guys um, trade ATOs and, and things of that nature and, and using weird lineups is going to be a lot <laughs> because they have, they have so much. They, yeah, they have, they have so much talent on that team and, um, that's just somebody who is going to be interesting to see what the Raptors can do, and and those final matchups between um, the Raptors and and Miami, even Miami, which we haven't spoke about. Um, I guess you guys have them on that that one tier below.
2: I got them on that tier below,
1: uh, which is which is understandable. Won't be a won't be a fun uh, matchup for anybody, but you have to see. Um, so let's move on for these final ten minutes. Let's get to uh, the West. Rios, I'll start with you. Who do you see? in terms of the real contenders um, in the Final Four and getting out of the West. Um, we, we have the bubble games behind us at this point. We're almost done. And um, it's time. The NBA season's behind us. Um, but, you know, what? you get into the terms, it's time for final takes, final assessments, yo. final observations. How do you think these teams match up yo, in a seven-game playoff series?
2: Yo, the West is a total crapshoot, man, where I think, like, honestly, you have <laughs> – maybe three teams that can win it three to four teams that can win the championship on the, in the West. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I love Houston. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a Dan Tony guy. I'm a Dan Tony truther. You feel me? I really believe in Denver and what they can do defensively and how Jokic controls the offense and defense. I mean, and defensively they have, they have the wing players to guard those guys, to guard those guys, uh, Kawhi and LeBron and the heavy hitters. And obviously the Lakers, you know, what I'm saying LeBron and what he can do on the basketball court, and the Clippers. But I think it's going to be depending on the first round matchup on how it goes. I, I think I think the Lakers will eventually get to the Western Conference Finals, and I believe either Houston or Houston or or Los Angeles. Man, I, I can't I can't even lie it's between those three for me, and and, and I think. The difference between Houston and and the Clippers is honestly just 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 the shooting, just the shooting aspect of it. But defensively, I mean, I mean, just the defensive aspect. I think that's the only difference. But in terms of offensive output, I mean, they 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 can match up now. And Westbrook and and Harden are, are playoff tested. So. so
1: yeah, definitely. And let's let's get into what you think, Raz. And let me address it this way. Um, so we have the top four in the West is. Um, the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and the Rockets. Um, in terms of that top four, Raz, who would you say should be on highest red alert right now? In terms of highest chance to be upset in the playoffs or or fall short because all these teams are, um, Denver, whatever. But all these teams have legit chances to make noise. Um, and anything less than getting to the finals should be seen as. Um they sort of let them so right. So you think is on should be on
0: I mean up- the Lakers are on upset alert. Um just because they're gonna have to get the winner of probably if things hold up how they are right now, they're gonna have to get the winner of the Thunder or the Rockets. Now both of those teams, those little teams are gonna give them an issue. I do think the talent will rise to the top, and I do think Houston will end up beating the Thunder um in a probably about six or seven. Um, The issue I have in that matchup with the Lakers and the Rockets is obviously Anthony Davis, who guards Anthony Davis, right? So <laughs> Anthony Davis can literally get his 30 and goddamn 20 if he really wants to on this Rockets team. But they have no one for James Harden and they're not going to have anyone for um for Russ. So I think it's just one of those things where I know over the past we worried about Harden doing too much during a season and burning out. The same thing with Russ when he was by himself. You worry about him doing too much and burning out. At this point, they have each other, and they've had a four-month layover to think about it and to rest up. So Harden and Westbrook are going to be fresh for this playoff run, and I do think they'll be able to give the Lakers fits. Not many people give them a chance because they have no big man and you know they got the perception that Harden and Westbrook always choke in the playoffs. But um, you know, I think if you throw in Danny Green and goddamn Caruso, Caruso, and all of them. At at Russell and and Harden, you you're in trouble, and I don't think you know LeBron is still LeBron. LeBron, you know he's you know arguably the best player in the world, but he can't. He's not chasing Harden or or Russ for forty minutes. So where where do you go from there? And then you know the and just on a wing perspective, all the Rockets have is wings, so they can throw if they have to. They're gonna throw Covington on Bron. They're gonna throw. Like a thousand pieces at Brown. PJ Tucker is gonna be elbowing Anthony Davis in the neck the whole series. Like they, you know, it could get physical. And um, right now, the Lakers aren't shooting the best either. So right. I, they could turn that on, but you know, if you're giving up threes and only hitting twos, that that starts to add up.
2: And I think if if that were a potential series, to you know, a, a potential a matchup, Eric Gordon is a wild card player. I believe out of the, I believe out of those bench players that you have. He's the best bench player out of both teams, you know what I'm saying? So he's a guy that can also go off, get, get, get you 20 on a random on a random night, you know what I'm saying? In a random key night. So hey, listen, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston is there. Yo, hey, listen, for real. You know? How about you, Sean?
1: So yeah, man. And I I definitely I definitely (laughs) still going back and forth in terms of What I how I think it ends up playing out, you know, one thing when I think about the Lakers and the Clippers in terms of just trajectory, um, Lakers hit the gas um during the regular season. Um, they got to a strong lead and they were really competent during the regular season. Um, but yeah, man, in just in terms of how that roster going, um they they're they're not playing their best basketball, and they're they're still somebody who needs to be understood as a as a legitimate championship threat. Um my only problem with them is it seems to me as if, you know, they're gonna have to explore uh Anthony Davis at the five. Their best lineups are going to be based around Anthony Davis at the five. So that's not a lineup that they've gone to um a lot in terms of something that they're kind of saving for uh the postseason, you know. So that's that's definitely a aspect that needs to be looked at because with the Lakers, I'm getting the sense just overall with the team vibe that they have played close to their better basketball in the past in terms of what's coming next. I can see more going wrong for them than I can with the Clippers, but these are two close teams that can each win this matchup. Um, and yeah, that was a super easy stance, but fuck it. Yeah we 57 minutes in and we trying to wrap this bitch up. But so, yo, final takes. Rios, so what you got to say? Plug, what you got going on? Yo, um I'll be I'm going to be doing some stuff
2: with Turn 2, you know what I'm saying? A little little baseball prospect show, you feel me? Shout out. Shout out overtime Larry, man. We, I'm going to be doing some stuff with them in in the in the come an upcoming future. You know what I'm saying? Also, yo, shout out shout out, you know what I'm saying? Shout out you guys for, you know what I'm saying, have me on the team as well. This won't be my first episode with you be guys back. On. Be back I'll man. be back on, you know what I'm saying? So, you y'all get used to my voice. But, um, that's pretty much it. I got that's pretty much what I got plugged in. But yo, hot take right now, man. Yo,
1: I have none, I really have none. That's I have, weird. That's I have, none. I have none. We've been talking for 57 fucking minutes. That's why. Uh, <laughs> Raz, final takes, man. What, uh, what else you got, man? Let's wrap it up. I mean, look i i can't give you I, I gotta
0: take you know obviously i got paul george slander lined up we can save that for another episode of course but um i i do think that i do think the, the rockets might the rockets might do it this year man and yo,
1: that's, yo,
0: that's, a, that's a hot take that's a hot man. take you know, i'm probably gonna get crucified for that in about uh-huh. a month that
2: no hour. no no i will down that hill with you potentially bro I really will too. If there's Johnny, a year
1: for James Harden to win the championship, it's right now. Yeah, this just seems like demented time. So like yeah. hey man, he's gonna try and dribble his way to a championship. Okay. You know,
0: I just think I think you know, with with a sickle with him, with that Russ is I I think you gotta flip the coin on that. I will take that bet. But um, yeah, nah, I mean, thank for you. Thank y'all. Y'all y'all stay with us for 58 minutes. Thank you for rocking with us today. Um you know, remember we do we do have that Madden giveaway coming. Um, I do think we may have another giveaway in store for y'all if y'all y'all stay rocking with us. You know, we are not just a, a fantasy football podcast either. We we do dabble in other sports, so stay stay on the lookout for that.
1: Um, also, leave a comment, yo, and leave a comment. It will get read on the air if you do leave it. You know, um, if you guys got anything to say to us, just read it. Um, leave a comment, and it also will get you into that Madden. Record.
0: But, yeah, I mean, we just, you know, just to wrap up, we thank y'all for rocking with us one more time. Um, This is the Draft Season Podcast. This is your boy, Young Rez, at Polo Pivoting with my partner, Sean. I love Sean 5K. I love Sean 5,000. Special shout-out to my boy, Rios, and we'll check y'all next
1: time.